Chapter Two of the Scarlet Pimpernel. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Scarlet Pimpernel, by Emma Utsi. Chapter Two, Dover, the Fisherman's Rest. In the kitchen, Sally was extremely busy. Saucepans and frying pans were standing in rows on the gigantic hearth. The huge stock pot stood in a corner, and the jack turned with slow deliberation and presented alternately to the glow every side of a noble sirloin of beef. The two little kitchen maids bustled around, eager to help, hot and panting, with cotton sleeves well tucked up above the dimpled elbows, and giggling over some private jokes of their own. Whenever Miss Sally's back was turned for a moment, and old Jemima. Stolid in temper and solid in bulk, kept up a long and subdued grumble, while she stirred the stockpot methodically over the fire. What ho, Sally! Came in cheerful, if none too melodious, accents from the coffee room close by. Lord bless my soul! Exclaimed Sally in a good-humoured laugh. What be they all wanting now? I wonder. Beer, of course. Grumbled Jemima. You don't expect Jimmy Peckin to have done with one tankard, do ye? Mister Array looked uncommon thirsty too," simpered Martha, one of the little kitchen maids, and her beady black eyes twinkled as they met those of her companion. Whereupon both started on a round of short and suppressed giggles. Sally looked cross for a moment and thoughtfully rubbed her hands against her shapely hips. Her palms were itching, evidently to come in contact with Martha's rosy cheeks, but inherent good humour prevailed, and with a pout and a shrug of shoulders, she turned her attention to the fried potatoes. What for Sally? Hey Sally! And a chorus of pewter mugs, tapped with impatient hands against the oak tables of the coffee room, accompanied the shouts for mine host's buxom daughter. Sally shouted a more persistent voice. Are you going to be all night with that there beer? I don't think father might get the beer for them," muttered Sally as Jemima stolidly, and without further comment, took a couple of foam crown jugs from the shelf, and began filling a number of pewter tankards with some of the home-brewed ale for which the fisherman's rest had been famous since the days of King Charles. He knows how busy we are in here. Your father is too busy. Discussing politics with Mister Emsie to worry himself about you and the kitchen," grumbled Jemima under her breath. Sally had gone into the small mirror which hung in the corner of the kitchen and was hastily smoothing her hair and setting a frilled cap at its most becoming angle over her dark curls. Then she took up the tankards by their handles, three in each strong brown hand, and laughing, grumbling, blushing, carried them through into the coffee room. There. There was certainly no sign of the bustle and activity which kept four women busy and hot in the glowing kitchen beyond. The coffee room of the fisherman's rest is a show place now at the beginning of the twentieth century. At the end of the eighteenth, in the year of grace seventeen ninety-two, it had not yet gained the notoriety and importance which a hundred additional years and the craze of the age have since bestowed upon it. Yet it was an old place even then, for the oak rafters and beams were already black with age. As were the panel seats with their tall backs and the long polished tables between them, 
one which innumerable pewter tankards had left fantastic patterns on many-sized rings in the leaded window high up a row of pots of scarlet germaniums and blue larkspur gave the bright note of colour against the dull background of the oak that mr jellyband landlord of the fisherman's rest at dover was a prosperous man was of course clear to the most casual observer the pewter on the fine old dressers the brass above the gigantic hearth shone like silver and gold the red tile floor was as brilliant as the scarlet germanium on the window-sill this meant that his servants were good and plentiful that the custom was constant and of that order which necessitated the keeping up of the coffee-room to a high standard of elegance and order as sally came in laughing through her fronds and displaying a row of dazzling white teeth she was greeted with shouts and chorus of applause why here sally what for sally hurrah for pretty sally i thought you had grown deaf in that kitchen of yours muttered jimmy petkin as he passed the back of his hand across his very dry lips all right all right laughed sally as she deposited the freshly filled tankards upon the tables why what a hurry to be sure and is your grandmother a dying and you wanting to see the poor soul afore she gone i never seed such a mighty rushing a chorus of good-humoured laughter greeted this witticism which gave the company their present food for many jokes for some considerable time sally now seemed in less hurry to get back to her pots and pans a young man with fair curly hair and eager bright blue eyes was engaging the most of her attention and the whole of her time whilst broad witticism anent jimmy patkin's fictitious grandmother flew from mouth to mouth mixed with heavy puffs of pungent tobacco smoke facing the hearth his legs wide apart a long clay pipe in his mouth stood mine host himself worthy mr jellyband landlord of the fisherman's rest as his father had before him hey and his grandfather and his great-grandfather too for that matter portly in build jovial in countenance and somewhat bald of a pate mr jellyband was indeed a typical rural john bull of those days the days when our prejudiced insularity was at its height when to an englishman be he lord yeoman or peasant the whole of the continent of europe was a den of immorality and the rest of the world an unexploited land of savages and cannibals there he stood mine worthy host firm and well set upon his limbs smoking his long church warden and caring nothing for nobody at home and despising everybody abroad he wore the typical scarlet waistcoat with shiny brass buttons the corduroy breeches and grey worsted stockings and smart buckled shoes that characterized every self-respecting innkeeper in great britain in these days and while pretty motherless sally had the need of four pairs of brown hands to do all the work that fell on her shapely shoulders worthy jellyband discussed the affairs of nations with his most privileged guests the coffee-room indeed lighted up by two well-polished lamps which hung from the raftered ceiling looked cheerful and cosy in the extreme though the dense clouds of the tobacco smoke that hung about in every corner the faces of mr jellyband's customers appeared red and pleasant to look at and on good terms with themselves their host and all the world from every side of the room loud guffaws accompanied pleasant if not highly intellectual conversation 
while sally's repeated giggles testified to the good use of mr harry white was making of the short time she seemed inclined to spare him they were mostly fisher folk who patronized mr jellyband's coffee-room but fishermen are known to be very thirsty people the salt which they breathe in when they are on the sea accounts for their parched throats when on shore but the fisherman's rest was something more than a rendezvous for these humble folk the london and dover coach started from the hostel daily and the passengers who had come across the channel and those who started for the grand tour all became acquainted with mr jellyband his french wines and his home-brewed ales it was towards the close of september seventeen ninety two and the weather which had been brilliant and hot throughout the month had suddenly broken up for two days torrents of rains had deluged the south of england doing its level best to ruin what chances the apples and pears and late plums had of becoming really fine self-respecting fruit even now it was beating against the leaded windows and tumbling down the chimney making the cheerful wood fire sizzle in the hearth lud did you ever see such a wet september mr jellyband asked mr hempseed he sat in one of the seats inside the hearth did mr hempseed for he was an authority and important personage not only at the fisherman's rest where mr jellyband always had a special selection of him as a foil for political arguments but throughout the neighbourhood where his learning and notably his knowledge of the scriptures was held in the most profound awe and respect with one hand buried in the capacious pockets of his corduroys underneath his elaborately worked well-worn smock the other holding his long clay pipe mr hemseed sat there looking dejectedly across the room at the revolutes of moisture which trickled down the window-panes no replied mr jellyband sententiously i don't know mr hemseed as i ever did and i have been in these parts nigh on sixty years hey you wouldn't recollect the first three years of them sixty mr jellyband quietly interposed mr hempseed i don't know as i'd ever seen an infant take much note of the weather leastways not in these parts and i lived here nine on seventy-five years mr jellyband the superiority of this wisdom was so incontestable that for the moment mr jellyband was not ready with his usual flow of argument it do seem more like april than september don't it continued mr hemseed dolefully as a shower of raindrops fell with a sizzle upon the fire eh that did too assented the worthy host but then what can you expect mr hemseed i says with such a government as we have got mr hemseed shook his head with an infinity of wisdom tempered by deeply rooted mistrust for the british climate and the british government i don't expect nothing mr jellyband he said poor folks like us of no account up there in london i knows that and it's not often as i do comply but when it comes to such weather in september and all me fruit are rotting and dying like the gupshian mother's firstborn and doing no more good than they did poor dears save a lot more jews peddlers and such with their oranges and such like foreign ungodly fruit which nobody buy if english apples and pears was nicely swelled as the scriptures say that's quite right mr m c retorted jellyband and as i says what can you expect 
there is all them frenchy devils over the channel yonder a murdering the king and nobility and mr pitt and mr fox and mr burke are fighting and wrangling between them if we englishmen should loathe them to go on in their ungodly way let em murder says mr pitt stop em says mr burke and let em murder says i and be deemed to him said mr hemseed empathetically for he had little liking for his friend jellyband's political arguments wherein he always got out of his depth and had but little chance of displaying those pearls of wisdom which had earned for him so high a reputation in the neighbourhood and so many free tankards of ale at the fisherman's rest let em murder he repeated again but let's have a sich rain in september for that is agin the law and the scriptures which says lud mr harry oh you made me jump it was unfortunate for sally and her flirtation that this remark of hers should have occurred at the precise moment when mr hemseed was collecting his breath in order to deliver himself one of those scriptural utterances which made him famous for it brought down upon her pretty head the full flood of her father's wrath now then sally me girl now then he said trying to force a frown upon his good-humoured face stop that fooling with the young jackanapes and get on with the work the work's getting on all right father but mr jellyband was peremptory he had other views for his buxom daughter his only child who would in god's good time become the owner of the fisherman's rest then to see her married to one of those young fellows who earned but a precarious livelihood with their net did you hear me speak me girl he said in quiet tone which no one inside the inn dared to disobey get on with my lord tony's supper for it ain't the best we can do and he not satisfied see what you will get that's all reluctantly sally obeyed if you are expecting special guests then tonight mr jellyband asked mr jimmy petkin in a loyal attempt to divert his host's attention from the circumstances connected with the sally's exit from the room hey that i be replied mr jellyband friends of my lord tony hisself dukes and duchesses from the overwater yonder whom the young lord and his friend sir andrew fox and the other young nobleman have helped out of the clutches of the murdering devils but this was too much for mr hemseed's querulous philosophy lud he said what do they do that for i wonder i don't old note with interfering in other folks ways as the scriptures say maybe mr hemseed interrupted jellyband with biting sarcasm as you're a personal friend of mr pitt and and as you says along with mr fox let em murder says you pardon me mr jellyband feebly protested mr hemseed i don't know as i ever did but mr jellyband had at last succeeded in getting upon his favourite hobby horse and had no intention of dismounting in any hurry or maybe you have made friends with some of them friends chaps who they had say who they do say have come over here o purpose to make us englishmen agree with their murdering ways i don't know what you mean mr jellyband suggested mr hemseed all i know is all i know is loudly asserted mine host that there my friend 
peppercorn who owns blue-faced boar and as true and loyal an englishman as you would see in the land and now look at him he made friends with some of them frog eaters hobnob with them just as if they was englishmen and not just as a lot of immoral god forsaking furring spies well and what happened peppercorn now ups and talks of revolutions and liberty and down with the aristocrats just like mr m c dover here pardon me mr jellyband again interposed mr hemseed feebly i don't know as i ever did mr jellyband had appealed to the company in general who were listening awestruck and open-mouthed at the recital of the mr peppercorn's defalcations at one table two customers gentlemen apparently by their clothes had pushed aside their half-finished game of dominoes and had been listening for some time and evidently with much amusement at mr jellyband's international opinions one of them now with a quite sarcastic smile still lurking around the corner of his mobile mouth turned towards the centre of the room where jellyband was standing you seem to think mine honest friend he said quietly that these frenchmen spies i think you call them are mighty clever fellows to have made mincemeat so to speak of your mr peppercorn's opinions how did they accomplish that now think you lud sir i suppose that they are talking i'm over the strangers have heard it said i've got the gift of gab and mr m c here will tell you how it's that they just twist some people round their little finger like indeed and is that so mr hemseed inquired the stranger politely nay sir replied mr hemseed much irritated i don't know as i can give you the information you require faith then said the stranger let us hope my worthy host that these clever spies will not succeed in upsetting your extremely loyal opinions but this was too much for mr jellyband's pleasant equanimity he burst into an uproarious fit of laughter which was soon echoed by those who happened to be in his debt ha 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 ho 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 he 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 laughed in every key did my worthy host and laughed until his sided ache and his eyes streamed at me hark at that did a year i am say that they had be upsetting my opinions hey lord love you sir but you do say some queer things well mr jellyband said mr hemseed sententiously you know what the scriptures say let him who stands take heed lest he fall but then harky mr hemseed retorted jellyband still holding his sides with laughter the scriptures didn't know me why i wouldn't so much as drink a glass of ale with one of the murdering frenchmen and nothing do make me change my opinions why i've heard it said that them frog eaters can't even speak the king's english so of course if any of them try to speak their godforsaken lingo to me why i should spot them directly see and forewarned is forehand as the saying goes hey my honest friend assented the stranger cheerfully i see that you're much too sharp and a match for any twenty frenchmen and here is to your very good help my worthy host if you'll do me the honour to finish this bottle of wine with me 
i am sure you are very polite sir said mr jellyband wiping his eyes which were still streaming with the abundance of his laughter and i don't mind if i do the stranger poured out a couple of tankards full of wine and having offered one to mine host he took the other himself loyal englishmen as we all are he said whilst the same humorous smile played round the corners of his thin lips loyal as we are we must admit that this at least is one good thing which comes to us from france hey we'll none of us deny that sir assented mine host and here is to the best landlord in england our worthy host mr jellyband said the stranger in a loud tone of voice hey hip hurrah retorted the whole company present then there was a loud clapping of hands and mugs and tankards made a rattling music upon the tables to the accompaniment of loud laughter at nothing in particular and of mr jellyband's muttered exclamations just fancy me being talking over by any godforsaken foreigner what lord love you sir but but you do say some queer things to which obvious fact the stranger heartily assented it was certainly a preposterous suggestion that any one would ever upset mr jellyband's firmly rooted opinions anent the utter worthlessness of the inhabitants of the whole continent of europe end of chapter 2 recording by lambda